Hi, I'm TJ. And I'm Joseph. And this is Hi-Fi. There was an iPhone event today, Joe. Yes, what a thrilling day. Prime Day and Apple Event Day in one. Could 2020 contain it? Nearly exploded. Uh, I don't know if 2020 could contain it, but it was a um, pretty much a one-and-done event, although there was a little bit of fluff at the beginning, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, but Joe, before we talk about the iPhone and the iPhone event and the iPhone 12 and the goodness that mm-hmm. Apple has bestowed upon us, um, you wanted to talk about your kind of one-year review of your iPhone 11 um, and kind of how is it held up? How are you feeling about it? Are you going to think about an iPhone 12? Like, how's all that going for you? Yeah, I'm happy to bring it up because I know a lot of people skip uh, a cycle, you know, so they maybe picked up the iPhone XS, they got the XR, and then when the 11 came around, they wanted to skip that year for this year. And some people are going to be switching over to iPhones because they were using Androids. Hey, TJ. And are moving back to Apple for the first time in a while. And then you've got people like uh, me who are not consistent. So we upgrade some years every year. And then other times we go through a dry spell. We didn't upgrade anything. And then we pick up the steam again and we are upgrading every year again on a cycle like that where there's really no cycle at all. So... I actually really like the iPhone 11. And one of the reasons why was I felt I felt like when it came out, it was already the most refined edition of this body style. The internals, the camera got so good. We have the night mode. We had just a good weight. We had great battery life. The screen was not OLED on the regular 11. I, I saw the 11 Pro and... I was interested, but one of the big reasons I would ever want to upgrade my phone would be for a better camera. And what, hap- what had happened was the the 10s Max had the telephoto camera, and I had tried it out. I'd used that generation, and you know what? The telephoto lens was a disappointment. And then when they introduced the 11 Pro, there wasn't all that much really different about the telephoto lens. What got better was the wide-angle lens and the ultra-wide-angle lens. And those were also available in the standard iPhone 11. So if you were going from a 10s to the 11 generation, you were able to get much sweeter camera technology in just the regular 11. You didn't even need to get the Pro. And if you wanted to have that telephoto lens... Well, you know, in general, let's just say you didn't want to use it. You'd use it if you had to. And in the case I could think of was when you were recording a performance for your children at a school event, you would want to use the telephoto lens if you weren't on the front row. But at the same time, you really don't like the telephoto lens picture so much. So you would rather just make sure that you were sitting on the front row and save your money. So when the 11 Pro or the 11 Pro, oh, let me try that again. When you are making the choice between the 11 and the 11 Pro, uh, the best thing about a Pro was I could get a smaller phone. (laughs) And I couldn't excuse spending another $300 to get the Pro versus the standard 11. So 
I went with the 11. And my primary reason for making this compromise, where I wasn't entirely settled on the camera because the camera didn't include the telephoto, should I want to have it in a pinch, was that the standard one was $300 cheaper, and it came in product red. And that was a color I had been wanting on an iPhone for a long time. When they came out with the the 10s generation and the 10R generation, things like that, didn't have the right shade of red to me. And when they came out with this, this 11s red, it was a little bit on the rose side of red rather than maybe the burnt orange side of red. And you're really was, diving in deep here, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all of this to say, why on earth would you even go this deep? Well, in part, now that Apple has updated the iPhone line, the iPhone 11 is still for sale. But the iPhone 11 Pro is gone. The 10R is gone. So we start from the bottom up. We have the new, the newer generation iPhone SE. Then we have the 11, and then we have the 12, then the 12 Pro. So I actually think that this is one of those odd years where a lot of people are going to be thinking, do I want the 11 or the 11, or sorry, the 12 or the 12 Pro features? And I think it's going to be a fair bet that a lot of people will be interested in the 11 because it has a better price point and it has a lot going for it. And maybe you don't like flat edges, but you like the rounded edges. So this might be the phone for you. All of that to say, I I think Apple is doing us a lot of justice by keeping the 11 around. This has been a great phone. Who do you think these animals are that don't prefer the design of the iPhone 4 and 5? Uh, People that are not listening to this podcast. That probably, probably true. I mean, that's essentially what we're we're about to talk about, right? Is is this uh, redesign, this quote redesign, which is a, in many ways, a fallback design. But but so you would say the iPhone 11 is worthy to continue to stay in the product line, and that you don't feel like you need to upgrade. Yeah, and I'm not disappointed that it is sticking around. It's it is very compelling to stay with the 11 for another year, but I. I'm still mulling over it, and I have some reasons, but we'll get into that later after we've introduced the 12. All right. Well, um, should we then go ahead and move into our uh, iPhone event keynote, so to speak? Yes, please. Uh, you want to describe the the ins and outs of how they did the video presentation this time? Sure. I mean, in, in I suppose, most ways that matter, um, the... Um, the event was a lot like what we've seen from Apple to date this year in in 2020, which is uh, you went to their website or however you were watching it, and if you went beforehand, you would get a uh, their their mellow music or their upbeat music or whatever it is they happen to be playing this time, and then right on the dot, you know, or maybe 30 seconds after the dot when it's supposed to start, you know, the the, the Apple logo zooms and we're off, you know, and we're we're headed to Apple Park, usually. I think every one of these has done that so far, where you're kind of heading in and flying around Apple Park. And Tim Cook delivers some updates. Um, they bring down from on high their latest and greatest, and uh, then they thank us for attending their virtual event. So my um, my initial reaction is that this um, event, though I enjoyed almost everything that was announced, uh, have some some frustrations and some boringness in some parts but overall the the it felt the pace felt odd the jokes didn't land they didn't have as many attempts at good humor um and i there was definitely some really weird handoffs especially with the quote unquote in person but like separated by you know 25 feet on the stage 
uh, hand like that's I felt like the showmanship of this was way down compared to what they did in the last event. Particularly, I think their best one has been the Apple Watch iPad Air um, event. Uh, I mean, obviously we had the keynote uh, back in was it June. Um, and so that was great. Uh, this, the, the previous event was even better. I felt this event, just something went wrong with the way they prepared this event. I thought. I was impressed that they got right to the good stuff with the announcements. They didn't dilly dally with some sort of like market update or talking about Apple store or, uh, what I mean is like retail chains when they may reopen again in the next five years. You know, who knows what they could have talked about and uh, killed some time about how everybody's remote working or tell us more about COVID-19. You know, it, it was nice that they got right to the the good stuff. One thing that I noticed, too, was that as they went along with their product announcements and showed us features, I I don't remember any of the speakers holding the products in hand having that in hand to show us what it looked like, what it was like for them to use it. You know, how convenient is that iPhone mini to slide into your pocket? Or how does the mag magnetic, MagSafe clear case pop onto the phone, you know, or something? They, they didn't show us these devices in hand. Um, and so everything was using B-roll. There were a lot of B-roll shots of various people that were supposedly using iPhone 12s and 12 Pros. And I loved those clips, but it was so fast-paced, it felt like the whole thing more or less was more marketing than uh, usual. Because a lot of times with these presentations, it feels like they're making a human connection where they're trying to make sure that we understand what their vision was, plus what it's like to use the product along with that marketing. But this time, a lot of it came across as, we can't show that you this thing in hand. We cannot. We don't have it in hand ourselves, but we can talk about specs. And they were rattling off a lot, a lot, a lot of specs. Um, so, so it didn't sound like they actually could tell you from their first impressions what they thought of the camera system, or what they thought about battery life, or um, you know what they thought about rounded versus flat edges. They, you know, so it was great. I really liked things like these new B-roll clips. I thought that a lot of them were uh, a notch above what they've used before. And sometimes they <laughs> they don't need to give us these flyaway transitions between locations. But that was so fun this time. I think some of those transitions from one speaker to another was a lot of fun. Yeah, and and, and it, something you said earlier um, about uh, that some some of it felt like the transitions are really snappy, and I actually felt like I think maybe this goes to my overall point where I'm I'm a little bit like scratching my head where some of the some of the keynote or some of the event did feel like it was snappy, and other parts of it felt like it sort of dragged. It's like what why are things are really slow? I mean, you know, I don't know. And overall, that's a weird feeling for me because the event wasn't that long. Um, so I um, yeah, it's a very strange kind of event in my opinion but yeah there was definitely some good elements to it for sure one good example of a good lull was when they got into talking about smart homes and how to interact with the home pod mini in a smart home that definitely dragged i felt like we've seen that demo before and you're not really telling us anything new with this home pod mini except maybe they just know that they haven't penetrated enough of the market that they still feel like they have to introduce smart home features 
in order to make this thing sell for the holidays. So I gave it to them, but yeah, it was kind of boring. So should we go ahead and dive into the things that they announced, starting with the HomePod Mini? Yes. Oof. What do you think of this? this? This to me was the most boring part of this event. So I guess I'm glad they got it out of the way up front. But like, I don't care about the HomePod Mini like at all. I barely care about the HomePod. And I'm glad that they're doing something at a reduced price. Uh, maybe you can tell me what the difference is. I, I have not paid much attention to the HomePod. What are the? Do you know what the differences are between the HomePod and the HomePod Mini? Like, why would one prefer one one over the other? I know that there may be a lot of technical explanations for differences, but the bigger differences that people are going to take home are that it's much smaller, so it doesn't sound nearly as full, and it it, it just also it costs less. I mean, honestly, like that's kind of a funny way to put it, but besides the fact that it creates smaller sound, it's far more affordable and you can put multiples of these in, say one in the kitchen and then one in the living room, one over in the dining room, and then you have sound coming from all directions. So it, accumulatively it will fill your living spaces pretty well, but on their own, they're just not as impressive as one home pod. And if you had two home pods, well, that's more impressive than one. And maybe two home pods fills up all the living space significantly better than even two or three of these smaller home pods. So I think that it's easier to get people in the gate interested in these devices. Maybe they have an apartment and they felt like that regular home pod was already too expensive, but they're willing to splurge on this for the holidays. And that's kind of the compelling reason to get your feet wet with smart homes and th- this kind of voice assistant anywhere you go. So again, it, it's one of these things where you either get it and you care about it and you want it, it or you don't. It, are you using any kind of smart home speaker right now? Because I love the Sono speakers. I have received for free for various reasons two Google Nest Minis, I think they are, the little little speaker bud things. Um, they're like they're smaller even than the HomePod Mini that was announced today. They're these little bitty things. Their sound quality isn't great. I have one in my office that I never ever 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 use. <laughs> it just sits there, and occasionally it lights up and says, "Sorry, I didn't understand you." And I'm like, "I yeah. wasn't talking to you." <laughs> and then there's one in the uh, kitchen slash living room area of my house, which the kids use all the time, mostly via Bluetooth to broadcast their. Uh, baby sharks and and Mario music and and things. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, so I suppose that it's useful in that way. Other and otherwise, I don't use it. I don't know that I would use an, a HomePod either. So it's not really on my radar. Um, there was, like I said, initially it was pretty boring. Didn't care. One one feature that perked my interest that I thought, oh, this is definitely slouching towards the future that, that Star Trek has taught us to expect was the intercom feature. And it reminded me a lot of the way in TNG, you know, for those who don't know Star Trek, that's Star Trek The Next Generation, TNG. Um, it, it, when they would say, you know, Picard to Riker or uh, Picard to Engineering or Picard to the Transporter Room 3, beam, beam the survivors aboard, you know, or something like that. Like that intercom feature reminded me a lot of that. If you have enough HomePods put around and also did I, do I remember correctly that it would communicate with other devices besides the HomePods? So like you could communicate with somebody on their watch or or their yes. phone or whatever. So that that definitely, especially the watch, if it's on your wrist and you're, you're you know, uh, 
TJ to Joe, um, you know, all of a sudden uh, it becomes a lot more like this, the future that Star Trek had taught us to expect. And that part was, that's when it got a little less boring for me. Yeah, they are envisioning that you'd have at least one of these in every room and then maybe the bigger home pods in your living room to pair with your television. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Although I see in this again, like I've been interested because I have an Apple TV. I'm in that ecosystem. I have for a very long time and I'm probably due for a replacement at some point. Although I think I just got on like when 4K, the 4K Apple TV came out, that's when I bought. So uh, and I think it's still pretty much current. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I thought initially like, oh, a HomePod, like I have a decent speaker system and surround sound and all that, but maybe some HomePods placed strategically in there would be good. But then like, you have to think of the other devices. It's not just the Apple TV, it's the switch and it's the Wii U and it's the, the, uh, the Roku for various reasons. Sometimes we use and, um, Oh, there's another device up there. I'm trying to remember. And it's just like, you can't, you can't use the home pods for those. And so it just becomes weird. So I, I think the Apple is really like, if they wanted to make the home pods worth it in that way, they would need to expand them to be able to let the Apple TV receive somehow input uh, and then then pipe that to the HomePods. Like there's just there's too many gaps. It's just too like I wouldn't choose to buy a HomePod because they only work with pretty much Apple devices. And like I said, if I was going to get it for a sound system, it would only work with the Apple TV and not the rest of the stuff on my shelf up there. So, you know, I, I just don't quite know or understand where the HomePods would fit into my life. Uh, in, in comparing the feature set between the standard one and the mini, the, they introduced all of these features with the original HomePod that still retails for two ninety nine. Uh, so they have their own special Apple branded audio technology. How that speaker system works, uh, it just sounds really good. And then you've got spatial awareness. So that means that depending on where it is sitting in the room, it understands how the acoustics of the room work and it will modify how the sound is blasted out of the home pod so that it fills the room in this way that feels like the sound is just coming from a fuller uh, space. It's coming from more directions. However, the home pod mini doesn't support that. So then. Mm. The regular HomePod does support multi-room audio, as the Mini does. Both of them are capable of stereo pairing with other HomePods in the same room or across a open space between a kitchen and a you know dining room that are you know exposed to each other. Then you have uh, the home theater with the Apple TV. Uh, this is available to the regular HomePod, but not available for the Mini. So if you had an apartment and you felt like a HomePod uh, a stereo pair was overkill for your, your space with the television and you could get the HomePod minis to put on the right and the left or behind you or something for more surround sound feel, it, it doesn't do that purpose. It doesn't serve it. It doesn't connect to the Apple TV according to their own comparison of features at apple.com slash HomePod. But all of them do support Siri and the intercom system and can control other smart home devices by way of Siri. And, and we know that Siri is perfectly reliable on the HomePods. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that is one of the... That is just honestly the biggest reason why I'm a fan of Sonos and I'm not a fan of Siri and HomePods. Like Sonos Wait a minute, even, Joe. I think I missed this earlier. You mentioned this, but it didn't occur to me. You're saying that you prefer a device that's not an Apple device over a device that is an Apple device. And this is coming from you. Yeah, I'm coming out. I am a Sonos fan. I've been for many years. 
And I have more than uh, one in my home. I'd like to have them spread out. I like using them in various rooms. We use them. <laughs> I think the the most first world example of use cases is that I didn't want to buy a sleep noisemaker for my bedroom. So I actually play <laughs> the sound of a box fan on repeat all night over my Sonos in my bedroom. And it sounds great. It's full enough for me. The app on the phone is very good. My wife and I both can use that on our phones. Uh, no complaints. And we can log into Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, whatever we want to play over them. And it, podcast apps too. The, but we don't have anything like a smart assistant. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I do not use the smart assistants almost at all. Like I occasionally use dictation if I'm, especially now with my watch, I will dictate text messages here and there if I'm out running or something and my wife texts me and I need to respond real quick. Um, although oftentimes I'll also just um, do the, uh, you know, what what is, I don't know what that's called when you, when you draw the letters on the screen, but I often do that too, because like, it feels so weird to me to t- dictate a text when I'm walking down the neighborhood and like, I'm looking around going, who's going to think I'm weird and, you know, talking to my device. Like, I don't know, maybe it's a generational thing, but I just feel weird talking to my devices. So I definitely don't use the, I just don't use the smart assistant. So I'm good with that too. Um, one way in which I think the home pods are just super limited. And I think Apple, this is where Apple, I have frustrations with Apple. Like I understand why they do it sometimes, but you know, they choose p- weird places to do this where you have to be all in on the Apple ecosystem in order to take full advantage of this stuff. And it wouldn't be that hard in this case, especially for Apple to open up that ecosystem a little bit. Um, I've saw a lot of people saying today it's a non-starter for them because of Spotify. Now I am not a Spotify user. I have been off and on, but I've, I've ultimately landed on Apple music. So that wouldn't be a problem for me, but I get the frustration if I had, and it would have been just pretty easy for me to land on Spotify over Apple music with just some, a couple of features that were different for Spotify. Um, I could see how huge of a frustration that would be. Like there's no full integration with Spotify. So it's a non-starter. Apple's is sort of like, you know what you use Apple music or you don't use the home pod. And like, they're already charging a lot, you know, a fair amount of money for these devices. And then on top of that, they want you to pay the monthly subscription to subscribe to Apple Music, pay to play. So I find I find the approach frustrating. And I think Apple could win a lot more people over if they're like, sure, you can use Spotify. And then people be like, oh, cool, I'll get started. And then it's like, well, this is so good. Maybe I'll also try their Apple Music. Maybe that's really good, too. And I think they would win more people over with a better attitude about this, honestly. Yeah, maybe it'd get better in the following year. I, I, I think that the HomePod has a future. But right now, it's not a product that's reliable enough that I'm interested in. So that's the uh, the HomePod and our feelings on that. It uh, pre-order starts on November 6th and ships on November 16th. Shall we dive in to the iPhone 12? Now I'm excited. Yes, fly in with your drone shots into the iPhone yeah. 12. So let me say, uh, we this pretty much... All of this leaked, and this is all exactly what I expected. The only thing that I wondered about, because there was some rumors that put three camera, uh, three lenses, you know, the ultra wide, wide, and, and telephoto on the regular iPhone, and that the iPhone Mini would not be the one that would be the only one with two. Um, and then there were some rumors that had it right, and I wouldn't didn't know which one of those to believe. But otherwise, I felt like the, the rumors pretty much got this all uh, pretty much. But that didn't that didn't tamp down the excitement for me. It, I, it's all exactly what I wanted, and it's super exciting. I think that the iPhone 12 design overall, uh, you know, I, I realize there's the aluminum versus the stainless steel, depending on whether you get the iPhone or the iPhone Pro. 
but it's a beautiful design. It's 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 mostly essentially falling back to the iPhone 4 and 5 design, and that does not bother me in the slightest because it's still my favorite industrial design for Apple's phone products. How do you feel, Joe? I love it. <laughs> Since the day that they left that flat-edge design, I, I've just been annoyed with this so much it's it's not it was slippery for a long time they got better now that they've got a glass back but then because it's glass you wonder about how much more fragile that is i know that's not necessarily going to change with flat edges but i think it's grippier because of how i hold them and what i'm comparing it to is the ipad pro with flat edges so i have one of those and i like to hold that in the one palm of my hand and it feels natural, it's comfortable. In some ways, uh, the iPhone 11 still feels like a bar of soap in terms of its contours. So it's a little bit unsettling if you had an, a 7 or an 8 or the 6 and 6S and they were just really slippery. It's hard to get over that feeling. And the it's not a huge difference, but it's great. My 6S, uh, speaking of the slipperiness, like I do keep a case on it, but anytime I have the case off... It's definitely, I'm reminded, I, I've always felt the phone was a little slippery and, and hard to hang on to. It's, it's not the one I dropped. I dropped the one that I never thought was slippery, but <laughs> there you are, um, my, my OnePlus 7T. But um, I, I, I did always feel like the, the rounded edges were more slippery and whatever material they were using was more slippery. I don't know if it got better with the glass backs when they went to the wireless charging options because I'd never had one of those phones yet. But um, yeah, I, I totally concur. Um, I do want to get this out of the way up front because I, I think it really may be the biggest downer to me. And it's not anything about the phones particularly. It's the, the messaging of the, of the, of the, of the event. Um, oh. Joe, did you, did you know that Verizon, by the way, Verizon, also Verizon is partnering and fi- by the Verizon, Joe and 5g, by the way, did you know that it was 5g and Verizon and 5g, but definitely Verizon 5g. Did you know that about Verizon and 5g? <laughs> uh, my word what is happening I, it was I, heavy-handed I, it I was very heavy-handed i i in and look it made sense with uh, with the original iphone they had the at&t ceo out on stage at the time singular um and then of course they had him out on stage again when they became at&t when they had actually launched the thing and they that made sense because they were the only carrier for the iphone but now it feels really weird because the iPhone is a multi-carrier phone. And in fact, I've taken my success across a couple of different carriers. I started on AT&T, I went to Verizon for a while, and now I'm on T-Mobile. Um, and it's just odd. Like, it, it would have even been okay, I think, to say, hey, we're partnering, you know, Verizon is doing this really great thing, and then move on and never mention it again. But it was several times I brought the CEO out, and it feels weird. And I, if I were the other carriers, I'd be really upset because T-Mobile has been in the 5G space as long as Verizon I don't know. It just felt heavy-handed and weird, and maybe I'm I'm being weird, but it just was. I just felt turned off by the thing. So you're saying that carriers other than Verizon can do what Verizon does? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Joe. Yes, uh, and in fact, Verizon was on top for a long time. I'll give them that. I don't think they're on top right now. Now maybe with five G they will be again, and I'll want to switch. And I'm not under any carrier contracts, so maybe I will. Uh, but they've also been very expensive, so <laughs> we shall see. But I just, I just felt that was weird, and that was my biggest, I think, negative point to make during this whole thing. Really, so. the other thing too about describing five G is one of those specs where it doesn't sound as exciting as maybe it'll feel in real life. It's harder for me to get excited about that because 
everywhere I go, I have pretty great Wi-Fi, pretty good 4G LTE. And I don't know that I'm looking to speed up my day-to-day activities with a device. So again, if that's not something that matters to you, where you you want to be able to download and upload things at insane rates on 5G, and you are interested in upgrading, then don't upgrade to this device because of 5G alone. No, for sure. Although I will say, I think 5G is exciting. There's a lot of potential uses for it beyond just phones. And I, I feel like we're headed into a future, I'd say within 10 years, maybe 15, wireless technologies will be su- supplanting wired technologies. Um, LTE technically is faster than the home internet I get, um, even though it's wired internet, but my home internet is much more reliable and more stable where I can definitely get bursts of LTE that are faster, but like overall, it's not a better experience, but as these wireless technologies advance and 5g certainly has the ability to blow my cable out of the water. Now, whether that'll be affordable or not is another matter, all this stuff, but the technology itself is very exciting. And and there are definitely two tiers of 5g. One is the the millimeter wave uh, where you do it in ultra high frequencies and ultra high bands. And it's, it travels very short distances, but when you're in range of that and you're getting that, it is of extremely high, you know, uh, high rate of data transfer and a high a really good spec and then you have your sub 600 uh which which is still going to be fast faster than lte but not as fast as the millimeter wave stuff that they're working on but that will actually penetrate uh really well into buildings and things like that so it's all very exciting but it's also very early days and what we're what we're going to be doing if we have if we're using 5g um and then apple even gave away the farm with this because one of the things they said was that oh the iphone's going to be very smart about this and when it doesn't need 5g it's going to turn off that radio. And only when you need 5G will it hop on and do that better performance. Then it'll hop off and it'll conserve battery that way. So they kind of, they kind of gave away the farm that, that this is a very power-hungry technology, as all new cellular technologies are. When LTE first came out, it was a very power-hungry technology. And over time, the chips have gotten more power-efficient. And in fact, I'm sure by now, they're as efficient as the uh, as the U- UMTS and the uh, CDMA chips were. Uh, but initially, they weren't. So... I have a feeling, and especially in my area, if it's constantly checking, can I get a 5G signal? Can I get it? I'm sure in my area, it'll be over a year or more before I get 5G technology right. here from any carrier. So I'll probably just keep it turned off. Um, and, but I'm excited. To, I, I think it needs to be a pioneered technology. Like I think carriers and, and handset makers need to be exploring it. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, the whole Verizon thing. Did you know Verizon was partnering with Apple, Joe? Verizon, by the way. Yes, oh, the new Verizon phone by Apple. It's amazing. <laughs> so let's let's dive into the iPhone 12. Uh, we've already talked about our initial impressions. Um, what were you? What else were you excited about? Anything you want to talk about specifically, Joe? I do love the fact that we've got a mini option, and that is smaller than most all the other iPhones that they've made in recent years. It, it, the closest thing would be the iPhone 11 Pro would be. Uh, maybe similar in the hand and feel if you weren't thinking about it and you were casually holding them. Of course, you'll immediately realize with the flat edge design how different it feels in the hand. That's great. And then the thing is, is that an iPhone does look like an iPhone. It's still got those black bezels. It still has the notch on top. It's not considerably smaller than previous generation notches. It still has a lightning cable and not saying that's for good or bad. Yeah, boo. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to U- uh, USB-C, but it didn't happen. And colors are colors. So you still got white options, which 
I don't think has a lot of silvery um, aluminum accents like they have on previous generations, but the Pro would because it has steel bands that are glossy around the sides. If you didn't notice, the regular 12 has aluminum bands that are frosted on the sides. Then the Mm. back is a glossy glass. And around the camera housing, there's frosted glass. They are doing the same thing they did with the iPhone 11 generation where the... 12's back is slick, uh, you know, glossy glass, and the camera housing is frosted, and then they invert it for the Pro. And I think that the Pro back just looks more futuristic, having the frosty glass from top to bottom and then the glossy around the camera housing. I prefer mm. that look. It's a great finish. Then we got probably the thing that a lot of people are going to rave about would be the new uh, blue the darker blue and that is gorgeous i think think it's much more attractive than the midnight green of the uh 11 generation pro yeah and i um i agree with you about the blue um i am i buy black phones so i i'm not ready to do that but my wife uh wanted a blue phone so she's going to get a blue phone so we're going to have a blue phone in the house uh, she's getting a blue phone with the blue uh, case. I'm getting a black phone with the black case. Um, the, the, so you mentioned the mini, and that is super exciting. That is my favorite part of this announcement. And in fact, my next iPhone, my uh, the one I'm planning to order, is the iPhone mini, as well as my wife didn't. She's already fed up that her uh, Pixel 3 is slightly bigger than the 6S was. So she wants to go down, not up. And so, um, yeah, we're both going down to the iPhone 12 mini and I'm super excited about it. That was the, I spent a lot of time comparing specs, Joe, because I'm like, can I do this? What about the battery? All this. And the battery's still a little bit vague, but I have to believe that Apple has good battery life in there. And I looked at these specs and it's not significantly worse. Like they're, they're stated like video play times and talk time and stuff. And some of the specs are exactly the same. Some of them are a little bit worse than the 12 mini, but significantly better than the success. So I trust that it'll be a good battery experience. The, um, the 12 mini. Oh, let's see. I had this pulled up here a second ago. Okay. iPhone 12 mini, uh, size and weight. So the height of the mini is 5.18 inches or 131.5 millimeters. The height of my 6S is 5.44 inches, so it is significantly shorter. The width of the Mini is 2.53 inches, where the width of the 6S is 2.64, so again, narrower. Uh, The depth is uh, actually slightly thicker, 0.29 inches versus the 6S at 0.28. The weight is less at 4.76 ounces versus 5.04 ounces. So I'm nerding out about this, Joe. But here's the kicker. The screen is 5.4 inches, uh, and so it's a a quite a bit bigger screen than the 6S at 4.7 inches. I'm super excited (laughs) about this phone, Joe. You should be excited about all the features in comparison to the success. (laughs) Well, I like, uh, so I actually, just for this podcast, I got my broken uh, OnePlus 7T out, which I haven't held pretty much since it broke, and I switched to the 6S. I put it in the closet, and just, you know, behind me, I have a closet here in the office, and then I haven't really touched it. I'm still planning on getting it fixed, I think, when I have a a couple of spare bucks, because I want to have an Android phone around to test things on and things like that. But I'm holding the OnePlus 7T in my hand. I don't remember how much bigger... It, it's somewhere between the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 11 Max uh, or Pro Max, whatever. It's somewhere between those sizes. So it's bigger than your standard iPhone, not quite as big as the... But it is just a huge, it's a monster in my hand. I can't stand it. Like, that was the thing I hated about being on Android was to get a good phone. Nobody's making good small phones on Android. 
the, the we th- I thought maybe the Pixel, but no, <laughs> the Pixel is a terrible phone. Um, so uh, it just turned out that I had a decent one for a while, and then every one I've had since then, we've replaced Rachel's once, and it's just, oh man, it's just awful, just terrible build quality. So. I'm excited to be getting an even smaller phone than the 6S with more screen real estate, and it'll fit in my pocket. It doesn't feel like I'm holding a ginormous, you know, phablet. Super excited. Can you tell I'm excited about the Mini, Joe? I'm so excited about this. Are you excited about Verizon? It's amazing. Oh, Verizon and 5G, man. (laughs) Get it in. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm I'm very happy about the iPhone Mini. I'm also happy to hear that the two iPhone. 12s have all the exact same feature set that the they mini do, didn't yes. get slighted they didn't even co- comment on say battery life being weaker on the mini which i hope is a good sign that it's the same well like i said there are a couple of like they have the comparison charts on the website now and that's kind of what i was talking about is this the mini is going to get slightly less battery life but it's going to be better than my 6s so i don't care <laughs> Um, I expect it to be from from their stated specs. I expect it to be close to the range of my OnePlus, which I which I thought had amazing battery life. One thing that I'm actually really excited about is the um, ceramic shield technology, as they're calling it. It's it's just oh, basically yes. tougher glass. It's it's fortified with ceramic. Uh, having just dropped my first phone ever, I, I, having just cracked the screen for the first time ever on a phone after 13 years, I'm excited about this. Four times better drop performance. Like yes, let's go. And especially. I ordered, I'm going to order a case with mine, but I don't know that I'm going to use it. So we'll see. Um, I want to have a case around, but like I, I also, the phone is just a little too gorgeous to cover up with a case. So we'll see about that. <laughs> what do you think about the case? I'm, well, I, I don't do case. I haven't had a case in a few years. I have them and I'll leave them in my, in my car. If I happen to be, you know, out hiking or something, I'll throw it on. But I haven't dropped my phone in a long time. A couple of times, the iPhone 11 has slipped out of my fingers, and it's just done fine. And so to hear that this is four times stronger, more resilient, there's virtually a fourth of a chance that it's going to crack over the 11 is great news. I'm, and I feel better than ever as someone who likes to go caseless. The, mm. the glass, you know, I almost wish that there was a matte finish option because... You know, it's not a big deal. It does look pretty nice. But when you're outdoors and you're in bright light, it is a little bit tougher with all the reflections. You think they'd offer that micro etching matte finish thing that they do for the XDR displays, the big cinema displays. But I wonder if there's something about that wearing off that that is not working for them or something. Perhaps. But any kind of improvement is great. The, The other thing about the screen is that it's now OLED, which used to be only available to the Pro line. So mm-hmm. I had a pro and then I moved down to the 11 and there's not a whole lot to complain about this screen, but it's not OLED and the OLED did look great. So I'm glad to be able to have this in that, this option with the same kind of pri- reasonable pricing that we had with the iPhone 11 now with the 11, 12, or sorry, the, I would keep on wanting to say the 11, 12, the iPhone 12. So <laughs> you'll get over it. So this kind of brings me talking about the cases and things and, and how much more durable it is. It kind of brings me to one of my favorite new features of iPhones. So I want to back up a little bit and, and tell you why I have a case on my 6S. Primarily, I have the thinnest case possible. Um, and I've had a little bit of trouble. What, what is the name of that super thin case? I don't think it's that brand, but it's a very similar concept. Oh, there's uh, a, um, Peel? 
peel. Yes, I've had a peel, and um, I had trouble with the they they are kind of cut out around the buttons, and I had trouble with the very top edge. It's very thin, kind of um, loosening up and then bubbling up. Um, and I had that trouble with this one too. This is a different brand, but the exact same feels exactly the same as the peel. And I wound up just cutting those top things off. Um, and so that it's, it's bare, uh, where I, I don't know how else to describe it. I'll try to put a, like a picture in the show notes or something, but it's kind of bare above the buttons where, where it started bubbling up and was causing me my OCD problems. But, but the reason primarily why I have a very super thin case on the phone is because of the car mount system that I have grown to love which is I have a magnet that's attached to the back of the case on the inside. And then I have in, a, in my vent holders on the car is a little round like magnet and you stick it on there. It's super, super secure. And you can turn on your Google Maps or your Apple Maps and just navigate down the road. And it's really great. And I, I have older cars. I don't have all this CarPlay nonsense. The kids these days, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so... um so I have magnets that for, and Rachel has one in her phone. I have one on my phone. Now she actually has a case because she feels that she would break her phones if she didn't have cases on them. And I think she's probably true because she's harder on her phones than I am. Uh, and she takes them in different various places. So, um, I don't feel that I need a case other than that. And so I go with the thinnest case possible. What was announced today was that Apple as magnets built into the phone they're using it of course for charging but they're super strong magnets from what i could tell and they have these uh chi chargers that have magnets in them and you just stick them in there in the right place and they can charge optimally in addition what and i was sitting here going oh this is great but what about my cases oh no you know because i like cases and if i put a magnet in the case then i won't be able to use chi charging and this is going to be a disaster for me on that front and so but then they announced that also belkin was already working on a car mount chi charger for the phones and this is amazing joe because now the phone will be able to charge i'll just be able to sit it in there i won't have to hook up cables to it and it's magnetically mounted like this is great this is amazing i'm going to get that belkin charger first thing it's amazing for both cars (laughs) what do you think it's super i've i haven't had a, a car mount that also charged for me but that is a great idea really compelling and i already have one that is a magnet and i've got the other side like i have a magnet sticker inside of the one phone case i use on a regular basis just in the car so that i can use the magnets to get it on the 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 dash so the the mount is on the dash and then this magnetic sticker inside of my iphone case on my phone keeps it onto the dash and i think this is great even if you don't want to do the the chart the wireless charging in the process it's still great having a magnet technology on a phone it's a no-brainer it's so good and and then my wife was asking me why would you want a magsafe wireless charging cord and the simple explanation is anytime something could potentially yank your cord uh it would perhaps not yank your phone right off of the nightstand and another potential benefit would be sometimes when you have the lightning cable just plugged in it's a little bit inconvenient that Nine times out of 10, you need to use two hands to get that lightning cable unplugged or plugged in. Now with the the MagSafe, it, it's just going to be much easier to pick up the end of the MagSafe charging cord and blop, drop it onto the back of your phone and it just pairs itself where it needs to go. The magnet's putting it in place. Kind of like the way that the watches work. So yes. it feels like this is tech that came from the Apple Watch. They realized this is so good. The iPhone needs this. And well, and in fact, the animation on the, you know, the round ring that shows you how full it is and that stuff mm-hmm. that they showed looks exactly like it looks on the Apple Watch. 
yeah, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about this. I'm planning to go all in on the chi, the magnetic chi charger life. Um, I couldn't find on the website yet, uh, but I'm, I'm assuming it'll be available by the time I go to order the mini when, when it becomes available for pre-orders. We'll talk about that in a minute and how irritated I am about the date, but, um, it, I'm assuming it'll be available then. So the folding charger that charges both the watch and the, the phone, um, that looks really amazing to me and you can fold it up and put it in your bag and travel with it. Like I want that. <laughs> I'm going in all in on the chi life. Yeah, it looks good. The only question I have, if I want a fast charge, I'm assuming Qi charging is going to be pretty slow. Is in overnight that'll be fine, but like if I get in a situation where I'm low battery, I'm probably going to have to hook up to the to the lightning cable, which is, you know, <laughs> living like an animal. <laughs> so, uh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. So, um, yeah, so they, they did the announcement of the iPhone 12 and then they said, by the way, here's the iPhone 12 mini. It has all the same features. They went into that for a little bit. Um, and they they didn't slight the iPhone 12 mini from the iPhone 12 at all, as far as I, as far as I can tell. Um, and so that is just super great. Um, I'm, I'm a little bummed. We'll talk about the pro in a minute. I'm a little bummed that the, uh, the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 mini don't have the, um, telephoto lens, but I suppose they had to differentiate and make pro features somehow. And I don't right. think the telephoto is worth buying a bigger phone for more money and putting the slap in the pro label on it. So I'm not going to do that. Um, Speaking of which, you can save money and buy a external lens kit from Moment or another company for different lens effects. And if you really want that telephoto effect, it's it's available out there as just an attachment. And you'll yeah, but you know I'm not going to do that. I know. I'm just <laughs> saying. You know, if you're a photographer and that's what you're thinking about. Sure, if you're a photographer, but then you're also going to have other cameras that you'd prefer to shoot with. But but for me, the 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 beauty of the iPhone cameras being so, or the phone cameras in general being so good now is that I have the the best phone in my pocket, and it's the one I'm going to use because it's in my pocket, and it's so I can just grab it and shoot with it. Like I'm never going to put a lens kit on a phone. I'm not a professional photographer. I know a little right. bit about photography. I know how to take good pictures. I know a lot of the science behind it, but I'm just not a photographer, so it's not going to happen. So the the iPhone 12 uh, pre-orders start on the October 16th. The iPhone 12 mini, Joe, broke my heart. Here I am on the 6S. The mini is my chosen <laughs> child. I'm sitting here going, yes, yes, yes. I want the mini. I'm going to get the mini. I'm still planning on getting the mini. I'm not going to order a few weeks ahead of time and get the not mini. <sighs> November 6th is the soonest I can pre-order it, and it doesn't ship until November 13th. Joe, Why? It's a whole month from today. Oh, that hurts. It does hurt. It does hurt. Me sitting here going, I'm so ready to upgrade off the 6S. I can just taste the iPhone 12. And oh, they're announcing the mini. Oh, this is so good. November 6th? For $600, I'll give you my iPhone 11. And then you can uh, use that. And I'll just wait until November 13th and get the iPhone mini. So I'll be happy. You'll be happy. Joe. Win, win. Joe. Uh Uh-huh. Rejected. I want that sweet iPhone 12 mini. I'm willing to wait for it. <sighs> We're actually having some trouble with my wife's phone, so I don't know if her phone's going to make it until then, but it, it, it needs to. <laughs> now, did you say why you're going with the mini? I am just, I'm tired of these big phones. And it is the, for, for three, four years, however long I've been on Android, it's been the frustration for me is is like these big, fat phones. Like, I don't, need it to be big i don't want it to be big i i and and the thing i have enjoyed immensely about being back on the 6s is i don't even notice it's in my pocket when i have it in my pocket it's amazing and it's exactly the size like 
even I could even live. I, I really like the edge to edge screens and I do miss that from my one plus seven T cause it was an edge to edge, but I don't miss it enough that I would go back. Like, um, I, the, the iPhone six S is serving me just fine in terms of real estate and it does everything I want it to do. It's a little slow sometimes and it's a little frustrating sometimes and the battery is awful, but as far as actually getting stuff done on it, it's perfectly fine. And so I am not interested in going back up a size from that. Just not at all interested. I echo everything you just said. And I've wanted a mini phone for a while now. I think one of the biggest advantages is that feel in your pocket because the the max feel is always uncomfortable. Then you slap a case on it. it then it's embarrassing oh, of how it bulges off of your pocket. It but is, yeah. the, the mini... Not only is it uh, easier on the pocket, but it's also easier for reaching around the screen with your thumb. I remember when they made the Max that they introduced this feature you could turn on an accessibility called reachability, where if you <laughs> yes, placed your gesture swipe just right from the bottom of the screen, you could make all of the screen shift down for a few seconds so that you could reach the buttons that would usually be in the top off of the middle of your iPhone screen. If you don't know what I'm talking about, and this is very confusing, just Google iPhone iOS reachability and you'll see an example of the feature. The trick is, is that this is a return to where we don't need reachability per se, but with, oh man, I, I, I can't say enough. I'm genuinely excited that my thumb might be able to reach all four corners of the phone. That's, <laughs> imagine uh, that. Imagine, imagine <laughs> if, if your mouse couldn't reach the top quadrant of your mouse pad. <laughs> was, yeah, you, had to like, you had to like double tap on, on it to bring down the UI to get up to the very top with the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> you had to use your scroll wheel to get your mouse to the top of the mouse pad. <laughs> so I remember they, okay, so reachability. They added reachability when they introduced the six model phone because it was a bigger phone than the five and the 5S. And um, so they introduced reachability for that phone, which is I by now, now feels kind of small to, to most people. And it's still around. I was just checking. I actually, I remember I turned it off not long after I got the 6S because I was always triggering it accidentally. But you can double tap, not double press. You double tap, but without pressing the button, the home button, and it still does its thing. It um, it still uh, it still b- pulls the UI down. Uh, I don't have any trouble reaching all parts of the success, so I'm going to keep it turned off. I'm turning it back off right now. But um, yeah, reachability uh, is still around. It's still a thing, and I'm not going to use it. I don't. I never did use it, and I was always triggering it when I didn't mean to. But it's funny that they added it for the success um, and or for the six when it just you know was. I, I suppose they also introduced it at the same time the six max, and so they wanted it for that, but. It's still a feature that's around. And it's funny, I actually consider the 6S and and even the 12 mini, it's not that much smaller, but it's a little smaller. I consider that the perfect size right now for a phone. And it's funny because I remember going from the 5S to the 6S is like, I don't know, I really like the size of the 5S. Uh, but now, like, I really want, I want the, the 12 mini size and the 6S size. Like, that, that is the perfect size for a phone to me. I couldn't agree more. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm not, I can't, by the way, I can't use reachability. I, I, I just because I know how it works doesn't mean I like it. I try and try to make it work for so long, but it gets in the way as well for me. So it, without the home button at the bottom of the generation with full screens, they it is impossible to use your your thumb to reach the top. You'd have to put the phone in the one hand and use the index finger on the other hand to use reachability at the bottom. And then by that point, why don't you just use your finger and any side of the phone? So 
Yeah, I remember very specifically with my Google Pixel 2 XL and, and then my OnePlus 7T, OnePlus 7T is even taller. And so I, I, I had strategies for where I placed apps. Like I literally, I'm, I'm sitting here, I, I can't obviously turn the screen on, but I can, I can only reach about barely three quarters of the way up with the way I normally hold the phone. I can't get to the top of the screen. And so I remember if I needed to get up to the top of the screen, I'd have to hold it in one hand and use the other hand to do it or else I'd have to do this kind of shimmy thing and then like, oh, I hope I don't drop it. You know, um, yeah, I, I am just done with that. I'm completely done with that. I don't want it anymore. Don't need it. Don't want it. It's not a thing I want. <laughs> and, and and I'm really hoping that what will happen is that the demand for the mini like, I hope I get my order in soon enough that I don't experience this, but I hope the demand for the mini is off the charts and Apple's like, oh, oh, because I think that there was this backlash. I think Apple absolutely was late to the party with the big phones. There are people who want big phones. There are people who even need them, dare I say. And it's fine. I'm glad Apple's making that option, but it feels like for a while Apple went like, yeah, they're all big phones now because let's face it, the regular iPhone is a, you know, the 6.1 inch is a pretty big phone. I mean, come on, I don't, I don't want it. It's too big. And, and so I'm hoping that there's now pent up demand and, and to show Apple that yes, it is worth making this normal sized hand, phone for normal sized hands. I mean, my hands are, I would call them normal size. They're not big. They're not small. And I just have trouble using these huge phones. So, and I, I know Mike, uh, it, you know, I Mike on uh, Twitter, I know he's all about that big phone life, but I don't, I just, that's great for him, but it's not for me. One of the best things about getting iPhones is if you do take pictures, the camera has gotten better year over year with the iPhone 11. It was really great if you were coming from the 10R, but that would also be just about the own main practical, reasonable excuse to get the 11 over the 10R was because you got a better camera. But even so, it was not so exciting that everyone with a 10R needed to upgrade. The same thing is unfolding now with the iPhone 11 generation going to the 12. Again, if camera technology matters to you, that is a pretty legitimate reason to move on to the 12. But it's also a very compelling reason to consider the 12 Pro. And that's where I feel like, TJ, I'm being pulled apart inside. So I, I'm very content with the 11, but for me, this is not the Apple iPhone, this, or the, excuse me, the Verizon iPhone. To me, this is the Verizon camera. I want the best Verizon camera, but I use <laughs> the T-Mobile. 5G Verizon camera. Y- yes. The 5G Verizon <laughs> camera. And okay, so with, with my phone, it's primarily about the camera. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't upgrade probably once every th- three years. I couldn't rationalize it. So the, the 12 Pro camera technology is better. The camera they've got on the Pro is probably going to come to the iPhone 13 next year. So I'm shaking my head because the smallest Pro is the size of a 12 standard. And that is so frustrating. So like you were saying, maybe Apple takes a cue in the future if the mini has enough demand. I can see a future where we have the 12 Pro Mini, the 12 Pro, and the 12 Pro Max. Or sorry, the 13 Pro. The 13 Pro Sure, sure. I knew knew what you meant. The 13 Pro Max. But right now, we don't have that kind of option. And honestly, the size is more exciting to me than the camera, I I think, because I just don't like big phones. And I've resisted them every step of the way. So uh, my wife and I are making a pact. 
it sounds like she's going to get a pro and I'm going to get the mini. So if I need to go to my wife and say, Hey, I need your camera. I'll take the phone and I'll get whatever I need with it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, unless you need to get telephoto shots, your your iPhone 12 and 12 mini cameras are going to be great. I mean, they're obviously really, really good cameras and they're better than anything we've had yet. <laughs> even even in the Pro, I think the iPhone 12 mini's camera is just going to be fantastic. And um, what, what, what does frustrate me though, so I guess we're getting into the Pro features now, the differentiators, right? So the iPhone 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max both have LiDAR sensors, which my iPad Pro has a LiDAR sensor, which I don't use, don't care about at all. I, I would be happy to give it up and put it on my iPhone because what it does is it lets the phone map out the depth better and it, it does all this computation better and it ma- takes instant pictures better. And that's a feature that I do wish was on the iPhone 12 mini. And I would actually pay, I don't know if I'd pay pro prices for it, but I would pay more money like if my if my Mini could have a LiDAR sensor and a telephoto lens. Now, what I expect is going on with the Mini, I don't know, and I suppose that they wanted to keep it as a differentiator for the Pro, so they didn't put it in the iPhone 12. But what I suspect is going on with the Mini is there's just not room for all that. And so I get that. I I understand there's trade-offs in the size. And I think that's why you don't see a smaller Pro right now, is because they couldn't fit all that in there and keep the battery life up. So I get that. It it is just frustrating, though. And I, I look forward to the year 2040 or something when, when battery life is, you know, Oh my gosh, it's been a week and I have to charge my battery. Are you kidding? Um, (laughs) that would be great. But right now we're still dealing with the battery tech that we have in 2020. So I get that, but it is frustrating. And a great way to evaluate the cameras, if that's what you're interested in is just wait for all the YouTubers and the, the professional tech writers, because they're going to come in with great camera reviews and they're going to tell you exactly what you want based off of the camera tech. If one thing matters or another, I know for right now between cameras, even on the iPhone SE, when comparing pictures to a 11 pro, depending on what kind of picture you're trying to get, you can get comparable photos off of the SE. It depends on if you need that other lens for a wider or a telephoto shot or a night mode shot. So Mm -hmm. if you need the night mode shots, then you're going to need to go to the 11 or up, but the night mode is only available on both the wide and the the ultra wide on uh, the 12th generation and up. So, so if you want that night mode for both the ultra wide and the wide and, and also the telephoto, you would need the 12th pro. Wait, now does, does the regular iPhone 12 and 12 mini have night mode? I thought it did. Yes, it does. Okay. Okay. Good. good. (laughs) So, so with the 11 generation, you had night mode, but only for the regular wide lens, it's not available to the ultra wide lens. So if you were pulling out for an ultra wide photo, you lost night mode. So, Mm, and I've run into that a handful of times in the last year. So it happens. Yeah. Well, now they're bringing it to all the lenses. I thought that was a really good update. So we are talking about the iPhone 12 or the, the pro now the iPhone 12 pro and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. I don't know why I'm tripping up over those words. Um, so one thing right off the Verizon, right? Yeah, the Verizon 5G, Joe. Did you know it's Verizon and 5G? So mm-hmm. um, they started out the uh, the when they went into the Pro with these uh, panning shots and reveals and things 
uh, of the iPhone 12 Pro, which I at first appreciated because I'm like, it is a beautiful phone. Let's show it off. But at some point, it felt like it went on way too long. And I felt like I was watching Star Trek, the motion picture where they're lovingly zooming, you know, or, or flying around the ship and showing <laughs> you shots of the ship. And by the way, did you see the new Enterprise and how redesigned and beautiful she is? And the USS you know, the looking- is Verizon. Yeah, the, the USS Verizon and the look in Kirk's eye as he sees the gloss over the over the thing. And, and yeah, it just felt like a lot. I felt like I was sitting there going, okay, I didn't sign up to watch Star Trek The Motion Picture here. Um, so that was that was weird. But, but that aside, like, it is a beautiful phone. That stainless steel is beautiful. And the differentiators, at least the key differentiators that I wrote down, are you're going to be able to get raw files from the photos, which is which is huge. No phone has ever done that before that I know of. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever done any, uh, anything with raw files. I used to have an SLR, a digital SLR that I would get raw files from. And then you can essentially, you have the raw data from the camera and it's super high quality. You can open it up in Photoshop and Photoshop will present you this thing before you even go into the normal editing where it'll, it'll give you all these sliders and things because you're dealing with raw data. So you can be like, I want to pump the gain here. I want to, you know, the shadows and all the, all the details and all this stuff. Uh, so raw files are pretty cool, and the fact that that uh, I think this is an absolutely the right feature to put on a pro phone. Loved it. I'm really excited about that. Have you done any work with raw photos? Yes. Yeah, it, my wife as well. We're both excited about that possibility. And she's just thinking about a lot of the photos she takes. I didn't realize how much she cared about a camera, but when she heard what the pro <laughs> can do, she was saying, that that's the phone for me. That's the Verizon camera I want. And, and so... My heart goes out to her. I want her to have the camera she wants, DJ. Yeah. Is she a photographer? She was. She would be ah, a photographer okay. for weddings and the like. She used nice. to yeah. rock a Canon camera. So um, alongside of the photos stuff, they they started talking about the pro video stuff. And I think this is all super exciting. But you know what's, what's – um, my, because I, I used to be a uh, into video. I used to be an amateur cinematographer. Um, so I used to do cinematography. I was and and I was just leaving that industry as the iPhones can iPhone cameras started becoming viable to put into uh, films and things. All this stuff is super exciting, but like mm-hmm. I don't work with it anymore. So I was just kind of bored. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have more to say. You're in the video industry. I would use this kind of camera. And even as I'm looking at the camera specs, one of the great things too is that the Pro can support 2x optical zoom in and zoom out for Mm -hmm. the various lenses. Whereas the 12 standard does not. It only supports 2x optical zoom out, not the zoom in. Then it also has 4x optical zoom range. So I guess that's kind of implied by the 2x optical in and optical out. So that's that is how math works, I believe. Yep. 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 (laughs) The, the, as a whole, man, TJ, why can't I have a iPhone 12 pro mini? Just it's killing me. Would you pay the more money for the iPhone 12 pro mini? than you would for the iPhone. I mean, because, you know, by getting the iPhone 12 mini, you're reducing your costs as well. Do you think it would be worth paying, I don't know, let's say $9.99, just like the standard iPhone Pro? Oh, that's the same price. I, I would go for, can we get? Can we say that the standard Pro is 1000 and the mini Pro would be 900 I don't know if that's the way Apple works, but I'm just I'm just curious because, yeah. like, the, the iPhone 12 mini starts at 699 and so you would pay 900 for or or let's say 899 for the iPhone 12 Pro mini? Yeah, because I'd be getting the telephoto lens 
the stainless steel housing, the it's a more waterproof body. I understand those kinds of things and that would sell me on it. Hmm. I think one way that maybe Apple would struggle to pull that off is that if you got the Pro Max and the, well, even the 12 Pro, then you have the much larger uh, camera sensor. They were saying, I think it's 47% larger on the wide angle lens, which is just the standard lens, than on the 11 Pro generation. So 47% is a big deal. So if you you get a mini phone, maybe it's harder to just get all of those components in there anyway. So they have less of a compelling reason. If they wound up making a compromise, making a 12 pro mini, and it still couldn't hold the larger camera sensor, then it's, yeah, it's not a net gain. It's a net loss. Yeah. I'm just running down the comparison chart here just to make sure that I'm clear on the differentiators between the iPhone 12 and the 12 pro. And they all seem to be related to video and and photos. Um, and, and even like, even the, the minor things that are different about like the display, um, it has to do with like, um, you know, photo video stuff. Um, the display for instance is 800 nits max brightness typical, and the iPhone 12 and 12 mini are 625 nits, which is a difference I can live with. <laughs> um, you know, uh, other than that, they're pretty much the same except for the camera stuff. So I think that's the differentiator that Apple's going for um, with the uh, with, with the uh, differenti- differentiation between pro and non-pro. And this is the first time, so you you know for years, Apple has had, you know, the MacBook and then the MacBook Pro. And I've always felt like, and I guess I am a pro because I'm a software developer, but like, I just can't get a MacBook and my wife has a MacBook and even for her, it feels kind of slow and, and sluggish and maybe she would be better on a MacBook Air. And I think her next computer, if we don't go iPad would, would be, and I, I don't think the software that she needs for various things is quite there yet for iPad. So I suppose she would get a MacBook Air, but so you have the, it's always felt like the line is a little blurry between the pro and the, and the non-pro and the computers. But this, I think Apple's planting a flag. And they're saying the differentiator in your phones between pro and regular is the camera features. And, and that's really what it is. I mean, of course you have the stainless steel band, but that's, that's not a big deal. Right. Right. So, yeah, they are examples of nitpicky features as well, because again, if you got to have that telephoto lens, go for it. But again, the telephoto lens is not as nice as the regular wide and the ultra wide, which are readily available in the 12 lineup. And then, Dolby Vision HDR video recording is available for that beautiful sound. I can't I can't wait to hear recordings like this. But that's available on the 12 as well as the 12 Pro. How, however, the little nitpicky detail that gives the Pro the advantage is that you can get that Dolby Vision HDR video recording on up to 60 frames per second versus the 12's 30 frames per second. So there's just these little ways that the pro gets the advantage. So it sounds like you're not ordering one for you, but you might be ordering one for your wife. Is that what it sounds like? Yes. I think that she will get a new Verizon pro and a 12 pro Verizon. (laughs) And in the not too distant future, I see a 12 mini in my future and I'm looking forward to that. Okay. A lot, like a lot TJ. Okay, well, I thought what we would do at this section, at this stage uh-huh. of the podcast, is pull up the configurator. So pull up your pull up the apple.com, go to the iPhone that you want to get for her, and configure it and tell me what you're getting. Okay, I'm going to hit view pricing, loading, loading some more. 
And please stand I, by while your Verizon 5G mini loads. I okay, she'll get the 6.1 inch display and the Pacific Wait, are you going Blue. were you going pro for her? Pro for her but not Pro Max. Okay. And the Verizon Pacific Blue with uh, Verizon's T-Mobile service carrier and uh, Verizon's 128 gigabytes. Uh, and she'll be trading in a phone, yes. She'll be trading in the 10R. I'm uh, putting that in. Then is the phone in good condition? Yes, it's in immaculate condition, of course. Then it says you've got a $250 trade in value for the 10R. So then we're going to pay monthly payments for this device. It says that we can get the phone for $31.20 a month for 24 months with the $250 credit for the 10R in immaculate condition. And I can't complain because we're going to wind up with the phone bill <laughs> monthly payment anyway every month uh, till the day we die. So I, what difference does it make if it's $27 or $31 a month for a, a <laughs> phone that is technically the one we want? So I'm happy yeah. to run with that. You? Well, the, the difference for me is, is freedom. I'm definitely going sim free. So let me, let me configure my phone. So I'm getting the iPhone 12 mini. So I'm going to – I clicked on iPhone 12, clicking on iPhone 12 mini. Are you going to get the free Verizon shipping and returns? Free Verizon <laughs> shipping? No. Okay. So uh, I'm going black. When I order my wife's, I'm gonna. She's gonna go blue. She really likes the blue, and I can't blame her. I thought really hard about the blue. Ultimately, I just I you know I get black phones, and I feel like they're more versatile. That's just like I got the space gray watch, and you know I feel like it's more versatile and goes with more things. I'm going sim free. I'm currently with T-Mobile, but like I have been putting away money for a while to buy new phones, and it's in hmm. my. I use Simple.com, and I have it in a goal. All the money that I'm going to be using to buy all these devices. So I'm going sim free. And then I can, if I decide that Verizon does have better 5G and that their prices are reasonable, I can go over to Verizon and uh, not pay any penalties. So I'm choosing, um, I'm, I'm irritated that Apple still offers uh, 64 gigabytes as an option as the, as the base of the, of the phones and of any phone. Um, and I feel like they need to go up. Nevertheless, I'm paying for the upgrade to 128 gigabytes of storage. That was what my, I believe that's what my OnePlus was and I was not hurting for storage there. Um, I do not have a smartphone to trade in and, um, I am going to, where's my Apple care earlier? It was offering me Apple care and I don't see Apple care now. That's maybe it's Verizon care now. Hmm. <laughs> um, Oh, here we go. Uh, I, I needed to, I see, I needed to choose one time payment and I want Apple care plus, I want two years of coverage for $149. My grand total for this phone is going to be $928. Still more than I paid for the 6S, um, you know, but what you going to do? I've, I put away the money. I knew it was coming, so um, I'm, I'm living that uh, budgeting life. I've been budgeting for this, so here we go. That's what I'm getting, and that's what my wife's getting. So we're about, to, we're about to back up a dump truck of money to Apple and, and ask them to give us phones. Yeah, it'll be worth it. Yeah. To get out of that success. Oof. Do you have any do you have any things that you would change about what I configured for me, or do you think that's right the right phone for me? Uh you said you would go for Apple Care. Because personally, I, I, I'm not a huge fan these days, but it's okay. 
I mean, you do you. I I feel like Apple's been doing pretty well, but um, I was lucky with the 6S that the the various issues that I had with it, it's been my least favorite phone. Have I mentioned that? But the issues that I had with it over the time when I, after I first got it, the battery and various things, I was lucky that Apple was like, yeah, you didn't get the Apple Care, but we're going to take care of you. And I just feel like I would uh, for $149 for a $800 device, I feel like the peace of mind is worth it to say for two years, whatever happens to this phone, Apple's going to take care of me. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm going to do that. It's a very expensive device, Joe. I'm going to do it. Okay. And when do you think you're going to get the accessories like the MagSafe cases and charger cord? You're going to get that immediately? Well, I actually, I actually have this Apple product buying plan document in my bare notes. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I have accessories listed in there. I'm planning on getting the iPhone 12 mini silicon case with MagSafe black for my phone and same for Rachel, but deep Navy. That's what she, I had her looking over my shoulder and she said, I want that. I want that. And I want that. And so I wrote all that down, and so that's what I'm planning on getting for her is the Deep Navy. And it, it actually looks pretty good. It's a little different color than the blue of the phone, but, like, the camera is visible through it. It actually looks really nice, the Deep Navy and then the blue phone. Um, so that's what she's getting. And I don't know that I'll use the case, but I want it to have it on hand in case I do need it. And I'm planning on getting a MagSafe two MagSafe chargers for sure. Um, I'd like to get the folding chargers with the phone, um, you know, with, with, the, with the watch charger and the phone charger. But those aren't listed on the site yet, or at least they weren't earlier when I was looking around and poking around. So planning on ordering that all at once. Okay, awesome. I also am glad to see that they come with some new colors for their silicone cases. So there's, I'm interested in the plum case with the dark blue phone. I think that's a good pair up. Yeah. All right, so uh, it looks like Apple's lineup is the iPhone SE, uh, which is basically the success with newer internals, or the yeah the or the iPhone six form factor or seven eight whatever the iPhone eight form factor with newer internals. The uh, iPhone eleven is going to continue to be a phone in their lineup. Joe, do you know or do you or do you, if you don't know, do you have suspicion that they will offer, continue to offer the iPhone eleven Pro or just the iPhone eleven? I can see from their website that they are still listing the iPhone eleven. If you were looking at the sub menu under iPhone at uh, apple.com slash iPhone, you've got the 10R actually, surprisingly. The oh, so the 11, 10R is still there. Yes. And then the 11 and the SE, then the 12 and 12 Pro. And if you were to go into a, con- a comparisons and you were to compare things like the 11 Pro to the 12 Pro, it'll actually say in the fine print off of Apple's website that the 11 Pro is still available from uh, some of their carriers. So Verizon ah. might be able to sell you a 11 Pro if you want. <laughs> Do you think Verizon might be able to sell you the iPhone 11 Pro, Joe? Mm-hmm. I think Verizon can do that. Apple, brought to you by Verizon. <laughs> Apple Apple is not going to continue to sell the 11 Pro, and eventually stock will run out of the carriers too, but is that what it sounds like? Yeah, no, no. I, I seriously think that they have a lot in stock, and they, they're great phones, so you're going you're to be able yeah. to get a deal on them. For example, the 11 is going to start at $599 now, and that's a pretty good deal for an 11. So if the camera's not the priority, if you love that size, which is comparable to the 11 12, sorry, there I go again, the (laughs) iPhone 12, then you like the 11 and you like a 12. They're the exact same size. If you're not interested in a mini or max. Okay. So here's the lineup. iPhone SE, iPhone 10 R iPhone 11. And if you're lucky to get some of the stock at various carriers and things, iPhone 11 pro, 
iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 Pro. I think that's a pretty solid lineup for their yeah. phones. Not to mention that they could come in all the different generational colors. So you can still find some of the purple iPhone 11s and things like that. It's great. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think Verizon is going to make this happen for us, Joe. All right. Awesome. Who's the CEO of Verizon? I don't care. <laughs> Apple. Apple's the CEO of Verizon, clearly. <laughs> that explains it. well joe i think that's a show we've talked to death this iphone event they talked to death verizon we've talked to death verizon if people want to continue talking about verizon with you where can they do that find me at twitter.com i am at jcs darnell and i'd be happy to talk to you about anything apple and tech and if you want to keep talking about verizon and 5g with me i'm on twitter at tj draper pro if you want to find the show notes for this episode they're probably in your podcast app of choice that you're listening to us on but if you want to find it on the web you can go to nightowl.fm slash hi-fi slash five because this is our fifth episode and we will see you next time